0: welcome to the city life podcast i'm tim woody the pastor of city life church in downtown fort worth there is purpose for your life there's a destiny you have yet to walk into and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today i encourage you to open your heart now to what god will be speaking to you over these next few minutes well thank you guys hey well it's good to see y'all this morning um I, I want you to go ahead and open your Bible up to Genesis chapter number twelve, verse one. We're going to start there, and then about halfway through my message, we're going to go back into Genesis chapter eleven, verse twenty-seven. So finding both of those places should be pretty easy. Just get to Genesis 12, 1, but then hold your place there because we'll be looking at a couple of passages there. Hey, I want to welcome our online congregation. Thank you guys for allowing us a little more time here this morning, as we had communion before we went online and. Uh, several of you are on there. Just uh, say hello to you, Peggy. I know you're watching uh, Lillian and Bo and Denise and Tara and the Bell family and uh, Chris and Kristen you're watching and Linda. But it's good, good, to, good to get to chat with you all online just a little bit beforehand. And uh, I'm glad you're joining us for today's service. Hey, last week I, I was able to get away for a couple of days uh, with Rebecca. I went to visit my brother, In Odessa, out in West Texas, he was involved in a horrible automobile accident about uh, two months ago, as many of you know, and it it involved a fatality, and it was was just a terrible accident. And uh, he was ejected from his vehicle, and, and he's, but thank God, he's on the mend. And I had the honor of it was his first day to actually start start trying to walk when he was at his re- rehabilitation center. So I helped him. A nurse was on one side and I was on the other side helping him just barely shuffle but moving his legs as he was able to, to uh, in a sense, kind of take some steps and get back to his bed and sat there for a while. But I had a very rewarding time with my brother. I want to thank you guys for your prayers for him. He has overcome so much, many broken bones, infections of all types, and and uh, and and thank God that he's continued. To be on the mend, so thank you for your prayers for my brother. His name is Terry. Please keep praying for him. And you know, when I got back home, glad to be back, and, and I, I jumped in my car and, and I turned it on. My car had been resting a few days. And I turned it on resting because I wasn't driving it and and it just and it acted a little funny when I turned it on and all these like warning lights popped up on my uh, on my dash and it's just tell, telling me all kinds of stuff that I know isn't real. it's not true what's going on here with this and 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 I stopped it I turned it off and I got my little my little thing that you you plug into your car and it tells you gives you codes to tell you what's wrong and like all these codes started popping up It's like this is not possible <laughs> and how could this happen just like after letting the car sit for a couple of days. so, so I uh, thought, well, maybe it's because I need a new battery. That's, that's got to be the problem because I know my battery's about three years old. So, like well, I'll just go over to the auto parts store, get a battery, they'll put it in, everything's gonna be fine, I'm gonna be happy. So I get to the store, tell the guy, hey, need a battery, and he goes, great, let me take a look at it. It's like, and, I, and I'm thinking, take a look at it. I just told you I need a battery. I what am I gonna look at first? I could just get the battery, let's put it in. That's what I was thinking. Didn't say it, but kind of glad he did because we went over to my car and I popped the hood and opened it up, and there we found this beautiful, huge. It wasn't beautiful to me squirrel's nest inside the, the engine compartment. Wires chewed up, and you can see the, the, the fangs of that squirrel and all kinds of stuff that it had done. It was very obvious it was a squirrel, and uh, and I was not in a good mood after that. So my is in the shop. I cleaned most of the nest out, and, uh, and I will eventually get a car back with working wiring. So that was my welcome back to town. I don't know why I told you that, but I just felt you needed to know. Hey, I, I'll tell you what. Here's the reason why. If any of you want to do some illegal squirrel hunting, I mean, I'm not going to look in case you come over to my neighborhood. That's just fine with me, all right? Well, the last few weeks we've been talking about in this uh, theme of, of the time is now. Now is our word for the year for our church, and, and I'll tell you, ultimately, my passion in this series of messages is about helping you to become a radically devoted follower of Jesus Christ. I, I, my prayer is that you become an intensely focused, God-fearing disciple as the result of, of where we're going here. And as, as I've said during this whole series, a lot of Christians say, well, I'm just waiting on God. But quite often I've seen and I've found that many times God is actually like waiting on You. And so today I'm going to challenge you to wholeheartedly commit to, uh, to God wherever He leads, knowing that He's going to give you what you need for your journey. And today we're going to take a look at Abraham, one of the heroes of my faith, and we're going to take some cues from him. And the title of my message today is one word. It's the word go, G-O, go. So if you're, if you're serving God, God has most definitely prompted you to go. Now, you might say, go where? (laughs) Well... It doesn't necessarily mean that he is prompting you to go to uh, Paraguay or Estonia or something like that. I mean, God could be saying that, but quite often what God is doing is he's prompting you and he's giving you these strong stirrings to get you from where you are to take a few steps into some new initiatives, some, some forward advance in your life spiritually, maybe some fresh direction. It could possibly be a new ministry, ultimately though here's here's the big picture ultimately god's challenging you there he challenges you with this go nudge to go and produce fruit one way or another because no go action that he's going to ask you to do has will will not involve producing fruit in your life and influencing others so so understand this god desires for your life to be worthwhile he does uh, it 's just us that get we, we get in the way of ourselves and, and God wants to produce fruit through you toward others so if god 's telling you to go, my question is, why are you hesitating and I, and I believe God has brought every single one of you here to hear this message, or even i as I was praying this morning, even if it 's one line from this message that 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 intersects with where your heart is that 's what i 'm believing God for today so so you know, there, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of things that can keep us from following God or obeying God when he says go. It could be lack of faith on our part. It could be that we have this affection for the status quo. Maybe it's an inability to even hear God. Uh, it, could be, it could be fear. It could be uh, a temptation just to give up. It could be a, a desire for God to show you everything first before you take any action. Or, or on the other hand, it could be that you don't want to cut some things out of your life that God's saying to cut out of your life so that you can go. But regardless, God is still saying go. Go is the word. Early this morning, 1.13 a.m., um, I, I got a message from U.S. Army Major Thomas Stalker. And he sent me this picture from his uh, church service this morning, put it up on the screens. He's on a special mission in the Middle East, and and hopefully he's going to be back with us sometime around Easter or right after, somewhere in that area. But he's worshiping Jesus in a war zone. And uh, and today he was telling me he was so absolutely thrilled that the that that the uh, the new chaplain is from the Metroplex, so like someone from Texas. The Metroplex is actually there leading worship. And uh, but 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 a little bit about his story. About a year and a half ago, he gave me a call. I remember I was at my house in the backyard working on my car, and 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 Thomas asked me a question. He was he was confronted with this challenge to leave his current job, which was protecting the border, uh, to, to volunteer to go on a mission. And it's a mission that involves a secret project, secret military project. So we talked about it. We prayed about it. We reviewed the pros and cons and, and sat on it for a while, received multiple confirmations. A primary one needed to be his wife. And To make preparations, he began to make preparations, and then he answered the call to go along with his fellow soldiers that he he had a lot of relationship with. And, and, And it's really interesting because the entire time he's been over there in the midst of these crazy drone attacks and also just the challenging culture of the military itself and threats and different things of that nature. He's continued to keep his eyes on Jesus knowing that what he's doing is part of God's master plan for his life. And I still believe that. I do believe that. And that Jesus is going to carry him through. And seeing him seeing him take a picture of his little church service right there was awesome. What I think is hilarious is the angle that he was taking his picture from, he's sitting in the exact same place where he would be sitting if he were here. Like some things just don't change. They just don't t- change. But, uh, but you know, Abraham, like that, he was called to go, uh, but he had to physically depart from where he was. And God doesn't always make us physically depart from where we are, but he was to leave all of the idolatry of his family behind him. And, and God had said he was going to show him this land of promise that was going to be for him. And, and, uh, and so I want us to pick up on the story. It's in Genesis chapter number 12. We're going to start with verse 1. Take a look at it. And here, I'll just let you know you're going to see him referred to as Abram. But, uh, and, and I'm going to say Abraham. I'm not misquoting it or anything, but he was named Abram. God later changed his name to Abraham. But we're just going to... Uh, I'm going to call him Abraham all through the service just for, just for simplicity. <clears throat> now, the Lord said to Abram, go from... Your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed just so that you understand that through him ultimately came jesus christ blessing all the families on the earth that's the fulfillment of that so abram went away as the lord had spoken to him and lot went with him now Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran that's the place he was living. Abram took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot and all their possessions which they had accumulated and the people which they had acquired in Haran and they set out on the land for the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah. I have no idea where that was. It must have been a significant place, the Oak of Morah. Boom. Now, the Canaanites were in the land at that time, and the Lord appeared to Abram right there, and he said, to your descendants I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So God gave Abraham, this 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 directive, this call, this dream. And it was ultimately, he was going to do some wonderful things. God was going to do some amazing things. God, God had established his word in Abraham's heart that he was really up to something big. And it was not only going to impact his life and the life of his family, but ultimately everyone on planet earth. Now, there 's a sequence that happens here, and the sequence this this continuum is the same kind of thing that happens with us when god 's speaking to us and and What I want to challenge you with is to look at the sequence today because quite often at any point we can derail if you 're having trouble moving to the next place or you 're having trouble answering that 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 call of God to go or to do whatever it is, then somewhere along this line, somewhere along the continuum that I'm going to show you today, there needs to be a correction made. And that's what I want you to hear. And and again, it, it could be a lack of faith. It could be a desire for the status quo. It could be, could be fear. It could be a, just a temptation to give up. It could be, again, that you want to see everything that God has for you out there before you actually get there. Or maybe you just don't want to cut some stuff out of your life. So Where are you in your faith journey? I don't know, but we're going to address it at one point or another in this message today. So Abraham's first step and our first step in this faith continuum is right here. He speaks, which is God. Occasionally, God speaks through visions and through dreams, but most often, God speaks through a still, small voice, this this quiet whisper. It's a stirring. It's, it's this nudge in your spirit that lines up with God's word, and you just feel that God is speaking to you or through his word. And, 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 but what happens is a lot of us can get sidetracked right there. Because we have so much noise in our daily lives that God's voice is drowned out. So God can't even get past this first point. We can't even get past this first point. Because know this, God is already speaking. God's speaking right now. God's been speaking through this whole service and 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 many times as he speaks he does plant dreams and visions and callings in your heart and things that he desires for you to accomplish in your life or in your church or in your community maybe in your business but but he is speaking and God's challenge is always this it is go and produce fruit that is the challenge that ultimately is out there for you so rest assured God is speaking because that's the biggest challenge. But in order to fulfill God's challenge to produce fruit, we have to not just know that God is speaking, but we have to listen. See, listening is the second part in the continuum, and that's actually our responsibility. Listening is actually different than hearing the voice of God. Let, let me explain to you. Right now, there are sounds in here that you are hearing, but you're not listening to them. Now, if you'll just be quiet, you'll listen. You hear fans running. Hear them now? You didn't notice that just until I mentioned it to you, did you? You really didn't notice any of that. But there are fans that are running, and these lights up here, they are making sounds and things like that. Now, I hope that's not going to distract you through the whole rest of the sermon. But those sounds are there. You hear them, but you're not listening to them. Why? It's because you're listening to my voice, but there. But but what we have to do is begin to listen, and 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 that means to take it in, to digest into our soul and our spirit what God is saying. See, Abraham listened when God spoke. Now, keep, keep in mind, he didn't have a Bible. He didn't have the Ten Commandments. I mean, he didn't have a church. That, how in the world did, did, could he listen to the voice of God? I mean, he didn't even have the latest book, Christian book, on how to hear the voice of God. No, no. He listened, though, and he took it in. And the truth is, with all that we have, all these extra things that we have that Abraham didn't have, we need to listen, and that's you know taking action on the voice of God digest it and make choices by faith. And, and that faith is more than just a thought process, but it's acting something out. It's doing something. James chapter 2 verse 26 says this, for, for just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works, or maybe your Bible will say faith without action is dead. You have to do something with what's in here, the faith that you have. So, so God called Abraham to this new land, but, but he really didn't tell him very many details. I mean, he ended up, ended up at this oak, and then God started speaking to him again. But he had to listen to the voice of God and let that sink deep into his spirit. Now, I've been sharing this with you over the past few weeks. That's why fasting is very important, because fasting helps us to tune out the voices of our, of our cravings and the voices of the world and listen to the voice of God. And, 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 and God is challenging us. God's challenging us to go beyond hearing, to start to listen. And, and really for us, again, there aren't any big excuses. I mean, what you may not know about Abraham is Abraham actually came from a pagan background. He did. I mean, he's, he came from a family of idolaters and he had this, this uh, measure of faith, I guess, that that had that had caused him to hear God and then caused him to listen and then to step out in faith and actually go. So he when, he when the go message came, he had to leave his pagan background and that's part of listening to God. Well, the continuum grows. All right, let's take a look at it. So he speaks and then what do we do? We Listen and then what do we do we decide that's the next point so we have to decide to take action it's a decision on our part uh, see but again a lot of times this is where we stop the process we and, and and god can't work anymore in our lives because we've stopped it right here we don't decide to take action on the word of god see the biggest step between the voice of god and action is actually a decision. See, indecisiveness freezes us up all the time, and it will hinder us from receiving any of the breakthroughs that God has for us. But without a decision to take action, ultimately, there will be no fruit that's going to be produced. The Word of God, that dream, maybe that vision, or that calling, ultimately, at this point, is nothing more than a crazy fantasy. And you're just sitting on the sidelines, hoping something's going to nudge you onto the field. Or maybe you're just in the stands. You're just watching. You're just observing others taking action. And God's saying, I want you to move beyond that. I want you to decide. Like I, now, again, I want to go back to this. Spiritual growth is very, very important. That's the last time I bring this one up, but over the past month, I've had us focus on Four words. Four words which opens us up to the voice of God, helps us to decide, helps us to take action. And it's focus, fast, fellowship, and feast. Just a a quick reminder, focus. We we encourage you to, to find that one word from God that's going to help you to remain focused this year. Fast is to, uh, to abstain from food at some capacity and be very intentional about prayer. Fellowship is to be intentionally surrounding yourself with mature believers. That's what John talked about a few moments ago. And to feast is to consume the word of God. So be in some type of a daily Bible reading plan and to hear the word of God, to study it and to read it for yourself. But, but God has been speaking to many of you to Go. And to embark on this fresh journey for him. And for some of you, it could be a ministry in the church. It could be in the community. It could be something in your, maybe in your business or with your business. Uh, in fact, there are those of you who might be here today, and you've even had some ministry training and experience. And, and you even know what some of your giftings are. But I'll tell you now, you need to step out in faith and decide. Decide to do what God has been nudging your heart to do all along. Uh, I know also some of you may have fears about your ability. I'm not good enough. Well, again, that's the life of the enemy. It's just we, God has given us everything that we need. And, and you do have the ability to do what God is telling you to do because the Spirit will empower you. But the, the challenge is, is you may not be able to decide. And God, God's saying, hey, trust me, I'm moving in your life. And you're saying, oh, oh, oh yeah, God, I do, but, you know, Every time you put that word "but" in the middle of your faith, what that does—that steals away the life and the future that God has for you, and that God wants to do to you and through you. God's saying, "I want you to take this step." There he is. He's he's saying, "Go." You're saying, "But God, that's a pretty big step." And God's saying, "Hey, but but don't you know the word?" through me, all things are possible. And you're saying, yeah, but that's more than I can handle. <laughs> and God said, well, yeah, that's why I'm here with you. See, God is speaking. speaking. He's never speaking, but he is definitely speaking. God is speaking, and you're listening, and now's the time to decide to actually do what God is telling you to do. That's what Abraham did. Abraham decided to go. Now, get this. This is, a, this is a line that I'm actually proud of. A decision to go isn't a decision if it's not followed by action. I'll say it again. A decision to go is not really a decision unless it's followed by action. And, uh, and if your life remains unchallenged, you're not embarking on that decision to action. You're going to find yourself robbed of your effectiveness. So, making a decision is a critical element in this process in this continuum of actually obeying God. So, here's a continuum. Here it is. He speaks. We listen. We decide. And the next one is we what? Go, go. Now, I do know and I do understand it's easy to hesitate at the go part. In fact. All my life, I've struggled with this entire continuum, just to let you know. I, I've, I've struggled with all of it. But but, and and a part of it is because God never fully reveals the details of what's down the road until you go. And you know, God will then make your destination a little clearer, and he'll make things clearer when you get to that oak tree or whatever it is. He'll start to explain more, but you got to go first. And, and that's where that new level of faith is. You just step out and go. For Abraham, what it meant was moving his family and his business into a land that he had never explored. He could not look it up on Google Earth. There were no travel uh, brochures about it, and it's the land that today we know as Israel. It's what they're fighting over still to this day. Uh, but, but for you, it could be a growth opportunity. But if you're going to grow... You got to first go. And if you're having trouble taking that first step, I, I, I want you to begin praying this prayer. Ask God to give you a holy discontentment with where you are right now. Say, God, give me a holy discontentment with my status quo situation. Now, Abraham was certainly not a man of status quo. And obviously, he did have this holy discontentment with his status quo. And as difficult as it was, he chose to go. But it wasn't just him. It was his whole family. Now, this brings me to the next part of the continuum here of how God works. He speaks. We listen. We decide. We go. And the next one is we leave. Now, I know you might be saying... Well, isn't that the same as go? Well, no. This is something you have to do in addition to go. It means you've got to leave something and maybe even someone behind. That's when it starts to get tough. See, Abraham knew that something needed to change in order to fulfill this word that God had given to him. So he had to leave. He had to leave. Now, now, go is one thing, but to effectively go, you have to leave. And if any of you had take, taken a little vacation, you were going to go on vacation, but you chose to bring all of your belongings with you, everything in your house, I mean, that would have been a big mess, right? So you had to leave in order to take that adventure. So, And, and Abraham had to leave his status quo. What he did is he left the rest of his family. He left his home. He left his comfort. He left his routine. Uh, more significantly, uh, he had to leave idolatry, and he had to leave the faithlessness and the woundedness of the family that he was a part of. Abraham had to leave really everything he knew to go and follow this word from God. And God wanted him to leave his comfort zone. He wanted, to leave, he wanted Abraham to leave the comfort zone of actually the spiritual darkness that his family was operating in. Now, now d- don't let this step trip you up. There are things you have to leave behind if you're going to go. It may be a comfort. It may be a habit. It could be a toxic relationship. It could be a secret sin, or it could be some form of spiritual darkness that you need to leave as you go. And as you do, you're going to stay on the continuum. All right, let's go back to it. Come on. He speaks, we listen, we decide, we go. Have you noticed it's all oh, we's up to that point? These are steps we have to take. God does the first part we go, we leave, and we must not give up boy, that's and that's actually easy to do that. Huh? You, know, you, you can't give up halfway through the journey because it can and will throw everything off. You can't give up halfway because it's almost like you never really even launched in the first place. Now, I want you to take a look at this map because I want to give you just a little bit of history here showing you the map of, of where they were. So Abraham, he started off in Ur. Now, Ur is located at the very bottom of that map. See where the number one is down in the corner? That's where Ur is. That's where Abraham started. Now follow me on this. Then he went up to Heron, which is way up in the very top. He couldn't cross straight across to Canaan because of the Arabian Desert. Come on, you guys have seen all the movies in the Arabian Desert. It's just a bunch of sand out there. You're not going to survive, so they have to go around it. And uh, you saw Lawrence of Arabia, right? Okay, yeah, it's actually a 1950s movie. Probably, no, I've never seen it, but I love it. And so, so you go from, the, he goes from Ur all the way up to Haran. And uh, that's where he spent five years. Now, here's the clincher. God did not speak to Abraham when he was in Ur. God spoke to him when he was in Haran. That's what a lot of people don't realize It was when he was in Haran when God said, okay, I want you to go south into Canaan. See, there's there's this twist in the story that a lot lot of people don't really see. Now, God did not originally speak to Abraham to leave Ur while he was there. Jewish tradition tells us that God spoke to his father, Terah. T-E-R-A-H, that's his father's name. And God spoke to his father, Terah, to leave Ur and go to Canaan. This takes us to Genesis chapter 11, verse 27. I told you we were going to come there, so go ahead and look at it in your Bibles. See, so what Terah did is he listened, he decided to go, he gathered his family up, and he went, but he gave up. Now, here's the setup now, though, for the story of Abraham. There's something for us to learn, even in these lists of names and things we might think that are insignificant. Let's take a look at this. It says, Now, here are the records of the generation of Terah. Again, keep in mind this is Abraham's father. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran died during the lifetime of his father Terah in the land of his birth in Ur of the Chaldeans. Abram and Nahor took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. God changed her name later to Sarah. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and Iscah. Sarai was unable to conceive, which we learn all about that later in the story of Abraham. It's important. She did not have a child. Now, Terah took his son, Abram, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, and his son, Abram's wife, and they departed together from Ur of the Chaldeans and went to the land to go to the land of Canaan. Okay? That's where they were supposed to go. But he got as far as Haran, and he settled there. So, He stopped his trek to Canaan. Now, some of the characters in the Bible have detailed, intense descriptions of of their lives and their words and their journeys, their victories, their failures, and, 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 and all of their decisions, their service to God, while there are other people, and all we know about them are just maybe their names and nothing else. Well, abram's father terah is kind of in between there so we know his name his name is found not only here in genesis but we learn about him in in the book of joshua first chronicles and the book of luke but scripture shares really some just limited information about this man yet he had a pivotal role for his family's life and, and the and the future See Joshua later on, he said that Terah worshiped idols. Jewish tradition tells us that Terah was an idol maker, and that he had also heard from God, even though he was an idol maker, he heard from God and obeyed God in, is, to move to, uh, to move all the way over to Canaan. And Could it be that God had already planned for Terah to, to be this man, to start this, uh, start this beautiful family explosion in Canaan? But when he arrived in Haran, he stopped. He didn't go any further. Uh, We're not told why. We can only make assumptions, but it certainly is a reflection of his character. Uh, He gave up halfway to the destination. His family remained in Haran for five years. Finally, after five years, God said, well, I'm going to go ahead and speak to Abraham. You getting this? Tara gave up. He was unable to go the whole way. It could have been that he didn't want to get the idolatry out of his life. Could have been he was still grieving over the loss of his son. Could it have just been that he had grown comfortable. Could have been family challenges, financial challenges. Who knows? Too much stress from the move. I don't know. But he quit. Please get this. Confidence in God is essential to walking by faith. Confidence that you're moving in. You, you just can't stop. You can't give up on your walk just because things get tough or or something something comes out of nowhere and, and all of a sudden, you know, you pop the hood and a squirrel has been nesting in your engine. I mean, come on. Keep believing that God is with you. Paul said this: he said, I am. Confident, I like that. I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. So, God is going to complete what he started, even though it may not feel like that. And some of you are there right now, you're halfway to the destination. You feel like I can't go any further because you don't know what I've been facing. I've been hit with this and this and this and and these situations have come. I want to just encourage you you need to drop that discouragement, regain confidence in the Lord and refuse to let discouragement drive you forward. That's another reason why it's important to be with other believers in discipleship and in fellowship. That's why, that's why I say get in a connect group. You might be saying, we're sick of hearing you guys talk about that. And I just want to say, I don't care because that's where you need to be. Yeah. And that's where we get around other people and they help to encourage us when we're at those dark places. And one of the things, I've been a pastor for a long time. One of the things I've seen over and over and over, not pointing fingers at anyone because nobody's in my head at this moment. But a lot of people drop out of church. They drop out of connect groups. They drop out of serving. When things get a little tough in their life, they're going through adversity. And that's when everything just shuts down. Many, many times I've sat down with people, individuals, couples. Like, when did things change for you? When when did things start to change? Well, oh, I was about two years ago. Oh, when you quit Connect Groups, or when you quit tithing, or when you quit going to church. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's true. We need each other. All right. Okay, let's go back to the continuum. Let's take a look at it. Here we go again. He speaks. That's God's part. We listen. We decide. We go. We leave. All right. We must not give up. And then the final one, God's here again. And that's when he shows, God shows you what he's up to. That's when he begins to give you the, show you the beauty of the destination. That's when Abraham came to the Oak of Morah and God spoke to him. I am giving this land to you and to your descendants. And I want to say God has a future. God has a plan for you. God has something that he wants to show you. I went through the Bible and I looked up every single instance of this phrase, I will give you. I looked it up from beginning to the end of the Bible. And here's what I found. Are you ready? I'm going to run through this. God says, I will give you land. I will give you a full lifespan. I will give you the word of God. I will give you rest. I will give you water. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Oh, and there's more. I will give the enemy into your hand. I will give you a wise and discerning heart. I will give you riches and honor. I will give you long life. I will give you love. I will give you riches stored up in secret places. And yeah, there's more. The Word of God says, I will give you a name that will not be cut off. I will give you spiritual leaders after my heart. I will give you lasting peace. I will give you my message. I will give you comfort. I will give you joy. I will give you unity of heart. I will give you a heart for action. I will give you prosperity. I will give you an undivided heart. I will give you a new heart. I will give you honor and praise. I will give you healthy crops. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven." I will give you words and wisdom. I will give you the right to eat from the tree of life. I will give you a crown of life. I will give you the hidden manna. I will give you authority over the nations. I will give you the right to sit with me on my throne. And every one of those I will give you's, they're all promises that God gave that were conditional upon active faith to actually go and the willingness to leave and to forsake something that has been holding a person back. Again, it could be sin, unhealthy mindsets, habits, unforgiveness, but God has a plan for you and for your future. And that, what I just showed you is beautiful. Listen, for, for some of you, it might mean that God wants to give you the answer to a long time prayer that, uh, th- th- that's a prayer for a friend or a family member that needs to come to Christ. I don't know what it is, but God's showing you what it is. But we have to obey the challenge in the meantime. Remember, God's challenge ultimately is to go and one way or another, it's going to produce fruit. Resist the, resist the status quo. Like Abraham, I want you to go. In fact, one of the scriptures that's so prevalent for us as believers, New Testament believers... is is that we have been commissioned by Jesus to go also. He said this in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. He said, go, go, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you. He's with you. He's with you on the journey. He's with you as you're doing the go, I'm with you to the end of the age. Jesus said, go make fruit by making disciples, is what he's saying. <laughs> but in order to make disciples, you have to be a disciple first. I'm a disciple. There are people who pour into my life, and I receive discipleship but I'm also a discipler. I do it on a more grand scale on a platform. Most people don't. That's my calling, but being a discipler is something that God ultimately has for every single one of us. We are to go and make disciples. How does that play out for your life? I don't know. It's different for everyone. That's why we talk about cultural streets around here, because God works differently with every single one of us. But most likely, you're somewhere on this continuum. He speaks. We listen. We decide. We go. We leave. We must not give up. And he shows. I want us to pause here. I'm wrapping this up. I don't want to ask you a question. What is God saying to you through this message? In fact, most likely God has been hammering something in your heart and your mind over and over and over since the moment we got going here. I'm not God. I'm not, it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you. So how are you going to respond? What will you do with what you have heard What action are you going to take? What correction are you going to make? What sin are you going to repent of? What entanglement are you going to break free from so that you can actually fulfill what God wants in your life? Because God is saying, go. It's up to us to keep the ball rolling. Because eventually He will show you the goodness that He has for you. I will give you. What is it? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your word. Your word is clear. Your word is so clear that you do speak and you are speaking to us. And we're to listen and decide and go and leave and not give up, as we also gonna show us. I will give you. Lord, I thank you that Your word is real and is powerful to us. And that we need to make decisions based upon this. You know, if God is, has spoken to you in any way, shape, or form during this sermon, I'm going to ask you just stand to your feet right now because I want to pray over everybody, everybody who's standing. If God is speaking to you in any way, shape, or form in this message, just please stand because I want to pray specifically for you. Lord, I pray for every man and every woman who is standing right now. I pray for the favor of God, the blessing of God, the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom from God to move to that next step, to move to that new place on the continuum and not become stuck. And I pray that revelation will not be wasted, but it will be applied even even today. God, I pray for wise decisions to be made and actions to be taken today to keep moving forward. Because God, the people who are standing here, you have called them to produce fruit. Even if they're not standing, you've called them to produce fruit. I pray, Lord, that that will be the case as you continue to lead us all forward in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody said. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Church podcast. I would love for you to attend one of our worship services right here in downtown Fort Worth. So if you'd like more information, simply go to citylifefw.org. God bless.